I'm back again, and um, we're going to talk about giving up. Giving up stuff. Not giving up life or anything like that, but giving up stuff. Stuff just gets in the way, and then we want more stuff, and then our human side wants more stuff. And then we think we can fill it with more stuff, but then we don't really get filled. We just need to give stuff away. So, we're going to talk about that. Stay tuned. So, it's a really cool book, book called Philippians. So, Paul here is writing to the Church of Philippi. And it's uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 14. And here's Paul. Now, the cool thing about Paul is that his name used to be Saul. Until... He met Jesus on the road to Damascus in a blinding light, blinded him for three days. Ananias came and taught him the word of God. He was baptized, and Jesus changed his name to Paul. Now Saul, before he was Paul, Saul went after Christians, murdered them, drug them out of their house, put them in jail, and he was a dedicated Jew. And he did all this in the name of God. Well, God said, why are you persecuting me? And Paul's like, I mean, Saul's like, I don't know who, why think I'm persecuting you? And God said, if you, if you're persecuting my people, you're persecuting me. And so he was blind for three days and Ananias came and then he changed his name to Paul. And then he went preaching about Jesus, which was interesting because he used to murder Christians and now he was a Christian. And so that's the whole story behind Saul and Paul. Now, Paul was writing a lot of the New Testament through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, and he was writing to different churches. And so the, the church in Philippi um, was a group of people who were meeting together uh, with Jesus's words. And so he was going to talk to them uh, about how to live as Christ. And remember, the uh, disciples, the apostles, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where the Holy Spirit told him what to write through their personality. So it's inspired word of God. And so when we read Paul or we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or Revelation, um, or Hebrews or Romans, even though it didn't come out of Jesus' mouth per se, it did come through the Holy Spirit to write it down. And... Over the centuries and thousands of years, these documents have been proven that they're correct and there were no mistakes and they're the inspired word of God. So there you go. That catches you up to when we read Philippians chapter 3, 1 through 14. That I'll call Philippians because the church is the people and the people were in Philippi and Philipp Philippi had Philippian Christians. So this is the church um, the people, remember the church is not a building, the group of people called Christians in Philippi. And so verse 1, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. So here, here's Paul saying, look, you're my brothers and sisters in Christ. When we become Christians, we're part of a family, and the family is brothers and sisters in Christ. So we're part of the family. And so he's saying here, rejoice in the Lord. 
it's no trouble for him to write these things again to certain people, to certain groups, and then they would spread these letters around. And it's a safeguard for them. You know, humans forget a lot, so we have to repeat ourselves over and over again. And here's Paul repeating himself, saying, look, this, this is what I want you to do, okay? He says, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. So he's saying, watch out for these people who take scripture and twist it for their benefit. These people who think that they know everything and they use their pride to look down on people. Watch for these dogs and evildoers that, you know, have confidence in the flesh and not in the spirit. These were people that were going around saying, yeah, Jesus already resurrected and Jesus came back and you don't have to do anything. Or some of them were saying, you know, since we're circumcised, then we're all okay. We don't need to obey God or we don't need to obey Jesus. And so he's calling them out. He's saying, look, <laughs> uh, these evildoers, you got to stop. Um, and then verse three, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason, reason for such confidence. So circumcision was this practice of cutting off some flesh eight days after you were born for males. And that was a symbol that you were a Jew. Well, now he's saying that we don't need that symbol anymore because we are circumcised to serve in his spirit. So it's a spiritual circumcision. It's a cutting of the spiritual heart, the spiritual realm. And we don't put confidence in the flesh anymore. The flesh is weak. The, the flesh rots. The flesh dies. We have no confidence in the flesh anymore. That's why we have our hope and we boast in Jesus Christ, not boast about our things, not boast about our talents, our money, our house. They're not ours anymore. When we become a Christian, we are spiritually minded. And then he's going to go here and say, look, I could have all this confidence in the flesh, but I don't. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. He had some really good reasons to boast about himself. But in the light of Jesus, we boast about Jesus more. Let's talk about that. So here's Paul saying, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Now listen to this. This is a list of things that Paul could have boasted about. He was the Mac Daddy. He was like right up there with everybody else. He was actually the smartest guy in the room. But... He's going to say something here shortly. So here's some of the stuff that Paul did when he was Saul. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. So he was like this like smart, studying, in the books, knows in, the, knows in everything, tribe of Benjamin. He was the Mac Daddy of everything. Like he was way up there in the officials and political realms in religious realms. He had money. He had a good life. Okay. In regard to the law, a Pharisee as for zeal, persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Here's Paul saying, look, I've obeyed every law. I've done everything with persecuting the church. When I was a Jew, I had, I was a Pharisee, which means he knew the, Old Testament, in, out, front, memorized it, everything. 
he was the Hebrew of Hebrews. He learned under Gamaliel, which was like the most brilliant rabbi or teacher at that time, besides Jesus. Now listen to this. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Let me read that again. But whatever gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. He was, he was starting to give up stuff. He's like, okay, I can boast in this. I can boast in that. I can say that I have all this money, all these houses, all these, this knowledge. I had all these other things, but it really was worth nothing if we don't follow Jesus. It's an emptiness. It's a, it's a eating, nagging feeling inside of us. We can learn everything. We can have all the money in the world, but if we don't worry about our spiritual soul, we've lost it all. Because when we die, everything goes to the other person. We can't take it with us. It all burns up. Now, I'm not saying go sell everything, you know, sleep in the woods and don't have money. What I'm saying here is that where is our priority? Paul's priority was not in the flesh anymore. His priority was not in, I'm smart, I got money, I got friends, I got influence. But his gain was losing stuff for Christ. He was giving up stuff for Christ. He was transitioning his mind to think spiritually, because that lasts longer than his flesh. That, that lasts longer than his accomplishments. That lasts longer than money, cars, women, men, all kinds of stuff. I mean, that this just blows my mind. But whatever were gains to me, whatever I was gaining, it was considered loss for the sake of Christ. There's a sacrifice that comes with Christianity. There's a sacrifice that's saying, I want Jesus's desires. I want Jesus's heart and mindset more than mine, more than my flesh, more than the things that are going to last forever. Now, we can use the fleshly things for God's glory to help other people, to serve other people. But it's how you use them is what the difference is. And here's Paul going to go into why he wanted to lose everything for Christ. Ah, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Here we go. What is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. There's a lot in there. What is more? I consider everything loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Look, the knowledge of Jesus is worth more than anything in the world. Worth more than all money, all all people, all the earth, all the universe, knowing Christ Jesus, who made all these things, who is the creator of all things, literally holds your soul in his hand. Everything is at loss if we don't have God. 
It literally is worth nothing. It might be worth something now, in this present age, in this flesh. But once you die, again, it's going to somebody else. It's going to be burned up. It's going to be taken. It's going to be stolen. It's going to be done. Your spirit will last longer than your stuff. And so if that's true, which it is, then we need to focus on our spiritual life more than our physical life. I'm not saying stop eating or stop, you know, drinking water or stop, you know, having a great time, but it's who we're doing it for. If we're not doing it for God, then we consider them garbage. Because we have to gain Christ first, and then those things make sense. The things of this earth make sense when we have a standard, a truth that doesn't move, that is perfect. I consider them garbage. And be found in him. So if we find ourselves in Jesus, it's his righteousness that brings us to God. It's his law written on our hearts that brings us to God. Not the written law, not the Ten Commandments, not the 618 laws of the Old Testament, but righteousness that comes from faith in Christ. So look at verse 10. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. So here's Paul saying, look, I got all this stuff. I had all this stuff. It meant really nothing if I didn't have Jesus Christ. If I didn't look at his righteousness, his resurrection, his sufferings, even to the point of death. Because when I die, my spirit will be resurrected either in heaven or in hell. So, Paul is saying, look, I'm giving up stuff. If it drags me down, if it pulls me down, my spiritual life, if it takes me away from Christ, it's garbage. If it makes me not follow Jesus, then I need to get rid of it. If those idols, if those things that you put before Jesus come in your way, get rid of it. Because first of all, I can't take it to heaven. Second of all, Jesus is more important than anything that you put in front of him. And third of all, Jesus is the only one going to save you. Not people, not things, not this earth, not the universe, not yourself. It only based on Jesus. To know the power of the resurrection, to participate in sufferings. It's not a bed of roses when you're a Christian. It is joyful, it is peace, it is patience, it's kindness, it's self-control. But the world doesn't understand. And so you will suffer. 
but I'd rather suffer now and have great time later than to have no suffering now and suffer for eternity. And here's Paul saying, look, I was the Mac Daddy of everything, and it's garbage compared to Jesus. Again, if we gain the whole world and lose our soul, what benefit is it? Here's Paul's conclusion in a little bit. So here's Paul again, uh, verse 12 through 14. Just stating this over again. Not that I have already obtained all this. or I've already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Not that he's perfect. Paul's not perfect by no means. Actually, Paul over and over again says, I don't even know why I'm doing this because I'm the sinner of all sinners. I literally killed and persecuted Christians. And now I am one. I mean, he says, I haven't obtained all this. I haven't arrived at my goal. But to get to my goal, I have to take hold of what Christ offers. I have to stay faithful. I have to actually make this a relationship between Jesus and me. I actually have to do what Jesus has hold, held on me. And Jesus will always be faithful. It's us who walk away. It's us who don't want to do it. And then we can come back to repentance. And we can come back for forgiveness. We can come back. We're not perfect either. I'm not perfect. But we can look at Jesus and say, that's the goal. That's the standard. That's what I want to be like. If we don't have a goal, if we don't have a standard, then it's just whatever you think is right. And that's that's scary because uh, people typically don't have a standard. And if they do have a standard, it's way off because it's all about themselves. Then he says this in verse 13. Brothers and sisters... I do not consider myself yet to have take, taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Here's what Paul did, and here's what is a good suggestion for us. Forgetting what is behind, because you can't change the past, right? We can learn from it, but we can't change it. And straining toward what is ahead. Looking towards that goal. Looking towards that perfection. Looking towards that standard of truth. That doesn't change. Looking towards Jesus. Looking towards heaven. Keeping our eye on the ball. Then he says, verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on. I actually have to work out my faith. I actually have to do something. It's not just like, well, I'm following Jesus now. I can do whatever I want. We're cheapening down grace if we think that way. We actually have to stay to a standard. And that standard is Jesus. And then Jesus gives us to God. We might not be perfect, but we can look at perfect. We can look at Jesus and try to meet that standard. With the help of the Holy Spirit. We will mess up. But that's not an excuse to keep messing up. That's an excuse to say, hey, look, I messed up. 
I can do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to commit myself and have a resolve to stay that way. Will we fall again? Yeah. But that's the good thing about repentance. That's a good thing about forgiveness. That's a good thing about grace. That's a good thing about Jesus is that he hangs out with sinners. He hangs out with people who can't make it. That's If we could make it, if we could do our own salvation, Jesus would have never came. That's why Jesus has a heart. He has a compassion for people. He has empathy. He has sympathy. He has everything for us. But we just got to give up stuff. I know we don't want to. I know it doesn't feel good. But if we don't give it up, it will drag us down. And we give it up for a good reason. It's because we're looking towards perfection. I mean, Jesus gave up a lot of stuff when he was on earth. Even his own body for us. And yet he got millions of times back when he resurrected. And that's what Paul is looking at. Like all my sufferings, all the things I've had are worth nothing compared to when I am resurrected with Jesus and living eternally in bliss. Living eternally without sin. So where's your soul? What are you doing in your spiritual life? Are you hanging on the flesh? Are you hanging on all the things that you've accomplished or that you know? Or are you hanging on Jesus Christ who will last longer than all your stuff? Just give it up. And it will come back even more spiritually in your life. Trust me. It happens. I've been there. I've done it. I bought the t-shirt. Paul got more stuff back spiritually than he ever gave up physically. And that's cool. If a person can do that, such as Paul, and Jesus still use them after being a murderer, a liar, a cheater, a thief of God's people, he can use us. Hope that gives you hope. Follow Jesus. He's the only thing worthwhile in this world. Love you, bye. Jesus loves you, and I love you too. Oh, thank you.